Welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. Thank you for taking this time to sit with Cinta Partners as we navigate through the changing healthcare landscape with knowledge experts. Cinta Partners is an industry-leading management support organization, being the first support organization in the ENT and allergy space. While our focus is on providing support to otolaryngologists and immunologists, our hope is that this podcast can provide all healthcare professionals and executives with an understanding of the changing healthcare landscape, as well as an understanding of the tools and resources that physicians have available. During this podcast, we will bring in knowledge experts within our own walls to help us explore what management support organizations are, the resources and tools management support organizations can provide, and an understanding of private equity and the trend within healthcare. Thank you for joining us and welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. Welcome to Managing Together, a Cinta podcast. I'm Joe Motes. And I'm Allie Schultz. And we are happy to have uh, you listening today. Uh, Allie, who do we have with us uh, in the studio today? Today, we're excited to explore integrations and what drives the successful integrations with our guest, Melissa Grooms. And she is our VP of integrations at Cinta Partners. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me today. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Melissa, for being with us today. And if you don't mind, uh, to start out uh, sharing a little bit about who you are and kind of your professional background. Absolutely. Um, so I lead the integration function here at Santa Partners, and it's my function essentially onboards new affiliations as they partner with Santa, kind of introduce them to the team and making sure that we are building a strong foundation upon which we can drive marketing initiatives, operational initiatives, financial and accounting initiatives, and then also support people in the field uh, to really prioritize high-quality patient care and make sure that continues throughout the partnership process. I come from a a unique background, maybe a little less traditional. Um, I studied uh, accounting and international business in school, came into healthcare by way of accounts payable, and then just organically transition into this role of helping people um, go through this change and uh, helping our teams understand new groups and making sure we're building the right foundation for future partnerships. Oh, yeah. And, and so you're kind of the tip of the spear, so to speak, here. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think about, absolutely. And you actually became a part of CENTA through Northwest ENT's partnership. Would you mind touching on that experience, what that was like for you, and how that helped your career growth? Absolutely. Um, so I came in, I had no healthcare experience when I started there. I knew I wanted to get into healthcare, but wasn't exactly sure how. So I toyed around with the idea of an RN and decided I should get in healthcare, see if I like it at all before I really committed to it. Um, so I joined Northwest CNT in an accounts payable role, actually, and then quickly began to learn uh, day-to-day operations and learn how the clinic works in the back end. And I found I really enjoyed that. And then a few years in, uh, Northwest CNT uh, decided to partner with Shore Capital Partners. And so I helped drive the due diligence process, helping Shore learn about Northwest CNT and vice versa. And then um, afterwards, the opportunity to 
help others through that transition arose in the integration role. And I raised my hand. I have been through it. I understand how hard it can be. And I wanted to help others through that process as well. Having that background in operations and having been through the process helped uh, really set me up for success and understanding uh, just how complicated integrations can really be. And it can be an overwhelming and intimidating process. So I'm sure the teams are happy to have someone like you there where you can actually be like, I've been in your shoes, so I know how to walk you through it. Yep, absolutely. It, it does seem to be a powerful narrative and it helps them feel a little more comfort knowing that they're not alone in that process. Yeah, perfect. It seems like your desire to learn new things has really propelled you in the direction you're going. And here at Senta, we like to talk about our why. If you could expand a little bit on why you do what you do, you know, why do you get out of the bed and come to work each day? And what do you, what do you love most about your job? Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, change is scary. And what I'm really doing is introducing change to people's lives and people who didn't ask for change. And so they, they wake up one day, find out they're, you know, now partners with Santa Partners and they have to emotionally process that. And so I think, um, for me, I love the operational side of what we do here. I love the support that we provide uh, practices and you know, the clinic level leadership. And we're here to support patient care at the end of the day. But I think my why is very much change is scary. And I want to make sure that these uh, people coming into this partnership, these front office coordinators, these medical assistants, and even these physicians truly feel the support and the understanding of somebody on the other side who can sit down and say, I hear you, I see you, let me help you through this process. And so for me, that's such an important piece of why I come into work every day and why I enjoy what I do. It can be complicated, it can be chaotic, but at the end of the day, it's all about helping the people who are responsible for high quality patient care and making sure that they also feel seen, feel heard and supported throughout this process. That's amazing. And I think your why of making sure people feel seen and heard and comforted, it goes miles. It helps create a greater center, greater center company where people want to come to work and help discover their own whys because they feel like they've seen somebody that's shown them that and help them kind of learn what it should be like coming to work every day. Yeah. And that's not an easy task, right? I mean, and I think we're, we'll talk about this maybe a little later. I think it'll come up is in a sense, you're trying to go to these strangers and build instant trust, right? I mean, we have a timeline. So we would love to hear a little bit about how you and others in the healthcare field or someone in similar roles can, can help build a strong foundation for successful integration. And I guess kind of what I'm asking is, is there a framework that you use or a thought process? Is there you know, a standard in the integration industry, I don't know, that, that maybe you follow? It's a, it's a great question. And I've actually spent some time with other integration leaders at other, you know, portfolio level companies who are doing the same thing we're doing. And what I'm learning is that um, the integration process, a lot of people think about it as being project management. You have these 10 tasks that you do, and once you do them, you're done. And what I'm learning is that, you know, we as Senta have determined what the integration process is. These are the 20 tasks we're going to do. We've identified these tasks that these are the 20 things we're going to do. But what makes us successful at the end of the day is that 
we really prioritize the individuals on the receiving end. And so um, what we found to really drive success in the integration process is, you said it earlier, building trust with these you know, strangers we're trying to onboard into our platform. And then also taking the time internally to really remember that these are people who are scared going through this process. They don't know what to expect and helping our teams remember that, hey, there are other people at the end of, you know, these tasks. And we are successful when we think about that and prioritize how other people are affected by this process as well. Yeah, And can we kind of touch on a little bit about what integrations is in the sense of, you're meeting a seller's team and they don't know what's ahead. And what would you tell them to kind of let them know what this process is going to look like? Absolutely. Um, the, the integration role has really developed over the last 24 months, I'd say. And so I come in uh, to the deal process during the diligence phase where we're very much learning about new partners before we're officially affiliated. And then I really transition into that um that guide throughout the process. And so yeah, I tell them to take my arm and I'm going to carry them through this process and all these changes. Um, and so for Senta partners, particularly, you know, we're trying to build a strong foundation. And so that means we have some things we know we have to do, which is, you know, transition everybody to payroll. So we know everyone gets paid on time and correctly um, paying the bills. We transition that to us to make sure that we're doing that correctly. And, doing the financial uh, accounting and making sure that that's accurate so that we can better support our teammates and understand you know, how the business is doing. Um, and then there are other aspects of it, uh, primarily operations, marketing, <clears throat> revenue cycle, where we go in and understand what their current state is, what their pain points are, and how we can really support to not only continue the high-quality patient care that we know these people already provide, these groups already provide, because... That's why we wanted to partner with them. Um, and then also make sure that, you know, with everybody has limited time and resources that we're prioritizing the right initiatives versus just assuming that these are the right 10 things to do with every single group. Yeah. And so it really sounds like that it's creating an atmosphere uh, or a successful atmosphere would require some finesse. But it even sounds like to me person really has to have the right personality for this position. Like, I, I know what it takes to build trust. I'm, I'm the father of five. And, and sometimes those guys don't just automatically trust dad's, you know, advice. And I've led multiple teams, you know, 15, 20 people teams. I was in the military and even there, you have to build a lot of trust. So how do you, or, or what are some tactics that you use that prioritize building trust with that seller's team? I think, um, at the, I, I always tell these new groups coming on board that I'm, I'm going to make a big ask and ask them to trust me in this process. And that um, they, they, I ask that they trust us, that at the end of the day, they know we're coming to support them and help them continue the high-quality patient care. You know, these medical assistants and front office coordinators are providing you know, pre-partnership and throughout that partnership. Um, what I found to be really successful in building that trust is being very intentional about the communication with those seller teams. So that means proactive communication. That means letting them know what's coming down the pipeline before it's coming down the pipeline and making sure that there's open lines of communication throughout that that entire process. Um, Fear the unknown. 
is a big part of this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, making sure that whenever possible, we're setting clear expectations and clear timelines, not always possible, but that helps with some of the fear and helps reduce the narrative that some people create and that they worry about the integration, the partnership because of all these stories they make up. And so that clear communication and expectation setting is very helpful and Kind of reducing that unnecessary noise and fear. And of course, you know, doing what we said we're going to do. That means doing it timely. That means being thoughtful about what we're here to do. And then really validating that we have earned those new employees, those new affiliations, trust in this process. And so I think between the communication and setting clear expectations and then doing what we say we're going to do. I mean, that's, that's a basic, but it's so important when you're thinking about these people who don't know who we are and they're taking us at our word that we're here to help them at the end of the day. I have a, a kind of a follow-up question. That, that's amazing. Uh, are there signs during the process or at the end of the process that you, you kind of know, hey, I've gained their trust? Or is there something that maybe sticks out? Um, you know, is it, is it uh, easier to get buy-in from them on changes or, or something like that? What would you say? I think, um, like, how, how do you know somebody trusts you? That's always <laughs> yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, I think typically what we see is that when I first meet a team, they are very quiet. They're very skeptical. They're very, they're not standoffish, but they clearly are unsure of what I'm there to do, who I am. What are our intentions? Um, And as we go through this process and as we prioritize building that trust, making sure that, you know, we have to complete these 20 tasks, but also we want to make sure that that trust is there. Um, People start to ask more questions. They are more open to, you know, initiatives. And they say, they raise their hand and say, hey, what about, you know, this pain point that we've had for years and no one ever was able to solve for it? And so as we go through that process and as we start to build the relationship with uh, the entire affiliation team, so not just the doctors, but the leadership, but the staff, their communication becomes more proactive and more open and then they come to us with issues. And so um, that's usually when I know things are going well when I have radio silence on the new affiliation side, I'm like, that's, that's not a good thing because this is a, it's a big process. It's a big change and there should be communication from both ends. I think that's a really, that's a good sign is that when we're getting communication from both directions, because things are going well. And I'm sure when the process starts, everybody comes in with their own preconceived notion of what it's going to be like, whether it's from something they've seen online, seen in movies, friends they've talked to. So I think it's really once they have time to sit down and put a face to the name and start seeing that what you're communicating is actually happening, Mm -hmm. that's going to just slowly build the trust the more you can prove yourself to them. Absolutely. 100%. So it seems that prioritizing strong communication with the seller and not just the seller, but their team and any key members of their practice is critical in ensuring a smooth, successful integration process. But during that communication, how do you and your team and other members of Senta emphasize emotional intelligence and not just communicating with them, but communicating with them in a way that you know, that they're going to understand that it's going to soothe any fears they have and really just being very intentional with 
how you're communicating. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, it comes a little bit more organically to me than I think some other people. And so a big part of emphasizing emotional intelligence, in my opinion, is understanding you know, the new affiliation team members' why, um, understanding why they might be acting a certain way or not responding to an email chain or maybe they're just really short-staffed and they literally can't answer emails. And so um, making sure that we frame that and understand what the people on the other side of the integration process are going through is super helpful for us to sit back and say, okay, we know we want to do these five things this week. But also, this practice administrator is down five people and is having to answer phones and make appointments. So maybe we can reprioritize on our end. And what that does is allows us to be more thoughtful about reprioritizing initiatives and then also provides the practice-level leadership and the practice-level team a sense of comfort that we are listening, we are engaged in what they're experiencing. We're not just, we're not a hospital coming in and saying, hey, it's day one, you do everything our way now. We're, we're here to be a partner in everything. And again, that goes back to building trust and it's all really tied in together. And if we can be thoughtful about that on our end, then we're setting the entire team, the new partnership uh, leadership, the new partnership staff, and then us internally, we're setting everybody up for success when we do that. And I think it's understanding that it's a learning curve for everybody. I mean, just as much as we're used to the jobs we do here every day, if we swapped roles and we were told, hey, you're going to work in the office today, we would have a million questions and we'd definitely take some time to learn the ropes and our priorities might be very different. So it's really just kind of putting ourselves in somebody else's shoes. Absolutely. And I'm lucky to have been in those shoes, maybe not exactly, yeah. but I've experienced what it's like to go through a partnership like this and then also what it takes to run a clinic on a day-to-day basis. And so if they come to me and say, hey, we don't have any front office staff to schedule appointments, then you know I understand the impact of that to the practice and I'm able to help our teams who maybe don't deal with that on a daily basis. Yeah. And they that isn't top of mind necessarily when someone says, hey, I'm short front office staff. Um, it really helps us bridge that gap and be more thoughtful about what we're here to do. So, uh, Melissa, I've heard it said uh, a few times since I've I've been here and started here at Senta that you are actually employee number one here at Senta. <laughs> Is that a true statement? It's technically a true statement. <laughs> yes. 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 So with Northwest DNT, they were our first practice, mm-hmm. and then you're employee number one, Senta. Yeah, they um, brought me on board from the practice to the center level. And then, you know, we weren't really center back then. We were Northwest ENT, a little more um, complex and robust, if you will. Um, and then Adam came on board and the rest of the team came on board. And we are center now, I think. Back then we were just figuring out what being center meant. Um, so that's why I say technically, but yes, yes. Yeah, you know, that had to be exciting watching from that level to where we are now mm-hmm. um, and with that in mind because you've, you, you've seen the growth you've experienced the the fast pace you know how do you feel uh, that your own experience as being someone who, who joined through a practice and so early uh, has allowed you to fine-tune 
this integrations process right? in, in a way that, you know, you talked about earlier, it could be very intimidating for the, for the sellers. Um, but yeah, yeah, maybe from where you started in, in, in that second practice we picked up to where you are now in a fully functional, hey, this works process. It's, um, it, it has been, I think, a steep learning curve, especially for those who have no private equity experience, which I did not have any private equity experience. I think um, the pace at which center partners and I think any other private equity back group moves is probably unlike anything most physician offices are used to. And so um, I was lucky enough to have people who took the time to teach me, you know, what being private equity backed means um, and also help coach me on the speed and the decision-making processes and understanding that you have a partner who's going to help you achieve things that you couldn't have achieved on your own. Um, and so because I've gone through that transition mentally, I have realized that the other practice administrators, the other new affiliation leadership, they also do not know what it means to work with a private equity back group. And so they're not used to the speed necessarily, or maybe they're not used to being able to say, hey, I need a new microscope. And, you know, we say, New affiliation leadership just might not be used to thinking about big capital purchases in the way that we would necessarily think about it or having resources that they're not used to having versus a single physician having to, you know, buy a microscope out of his own pocket when he's having to consider other business expenses. So I think um, having that background and understanding that change in way of thinking has helped me help practice leaders become more Maybe more, more, they're more set up for success at the end of the day because they have a better insight into how private equity-backed companies function differently than a normal traditional private practice. And so I think early on, that was not something I realized was helpful to verbalize and demonstrate and put words to. And that's been something that, you know, as we've had operational leadership, Lynn Siobhan, our COO, came on board and we realized that that was a big piece of the integration process was that education. And now that we have prioritized coaching new team members on that, uh, we've really, I think, seen a increase in the uh, new partner's ability to kind of pivot to the private equity pace and way of life. Yeah. I, th I think it's... Uh... I think it's a realization, too, once they're with us, that they're no longer in it alone. Mm -hmm. right? And that we have their success in mind. And I would hope at some point in the integration process, it sounds like that's what you're doing through the training and the education, that you know a lot of the stress starts to fade over time. Uh, a lot of our practices that have been with us a few years now, with us the NT the longest. Um, so I think that having that strong integration process and practice is, is spot on and, and helpful. And you can see how it evolved mm -hmm. you know, over, yeah. over time. So, um, Yeah, and being with us through that first integration process to now we just went through our 10th integration process, 
what would you say would be your biggest win or one of the moments that you're most happy about for maybe your team and your team's success or just your own in general through those 10? I think, um, you know, each, each integration process is so different based off of the positions who are involved and the size of the group. Um, we had one pretty complex group come through South Carolina ENT. They had uh, 10 locations. They had multiple service lines, sleep labs. They nine surgeons. And so we went into that group knowing there was a lot of complexity and knowing it was going to be uh, a lift from the integration side to onboard that many people and make sure that overall it was a very positive experience and partnership. And um, I think just a huge win selfishly was when that the chairman of that group gave us the feedback that the doctors were completely unsure of how the process is going to go. They weren't sure how we were going to pull it off. And at the end of the day, at the end of the process, they were very pleased with the partnership, with the way the integration process went and that they were you know, excited for the partnership. And so I think when you're asking people to go through this significant change that impacts their paycheck in theory, it impacts their day-to-day, they're unsure of what's going to happen and you're able to get them through that and know that the patients, we're all about patient care. That's why we're all here is to make sure that you know we're delivering the highest quality patient care and knowing that the people who are responsible for giving that patient care have gone through a very stressful process and come out of it engaged and excited about the partnership at the other end is just so important and so critical. And um, that was one of the moments where I was like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. We started off as babies and now we're really, we're really growing and we've grown into a function that's, it's always changing, it's always growing, it's always improving, but moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, that's amazing, uh, Melissa. Thank you for uh, being here and, and joining us today on this episode and sharing uh, just a plethora of information and, and, and around integrations. And we really appreciate the insights. Uh, you are definitely one of the movers and shakers here in the company, and we thank you for your time. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time as we navigate through the changing healthcare landscape. If you are interested in learning more about Senta Partners or connecting with our team, please visit sentapartners.com. Additionally, if wanting to connect with our guests directly, you can find them on LinkedIn or connect with them at the email in the episode description. Thank you and have a great one.